bonding on the road, Marcus Smart for most improved, and when will the Celtics win their next championship? It's mailbag time right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Rainy Jay's back with the vengeance at all the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth like 34. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. Crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty. The content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global, but it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you for making the show part of your daily routine. Listening to the podcast through your headphones, watching on YouTube, whatever it is, I do appreciate you, including me, John Corrales, as part of your Celtics experience. I covered the team for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. I'm here to answer your questions today on a Friday mailbag episode. Generally do the mailbags every Friday uh, in the offseason, but, you know, sometimes I, I... other things come up, but I got a new system for mailbags. If you want to get in on the mailbag, go to johncorrales.com slash mailbag. Very simple. No more Twitter, no more Facebook, no more Instagram, no more DMing anything. Very simple. johncorrales.com slash mailbag. Send me a question whenever you want. Maybe I'll incorporate them in other podcasts, but johncorrales.com slash mailbag. That's the system now for sending me questions. This way, if you're not on social media, you can send me your question anyway. I'm no longer going to cater to only Twitter, johncorrales.com slash mailbag. Bookmark it. All right, let's dive into this. Let's start with Cole W., who asked, do you think the heavy road game start to the season could benefit the team as far as gelling early, plus having more home games at the end of the season? This is such an interesting question because I didn't even think about this when you're putting a new team together, they, they do bond on road trips. Road trips gives you, they give you less to do. You're kind of forced to do things together. You're forced to travel together. I go back to the 2008 championship team. One of the big storylines there was the preseason in Italy where they had nothing to do but be together. And that was like an, an expedited bonding type of situation. That, that is kind of what Cole is getting at here. Let's look at the schedule. In October, the season starts on the 20th on the road. Then Friday at home against Toronto. Then Houston, Charlotte in the back-to-back. Home for Washington, then at Washington. So, uh, and In fact, you've got two road games before that in the preseason too. The preseason schedule is out Orlando, Toronto in the first week at home, then Orlando, Miami before the season starts. You go to Orlando, you go to Miami, you come back, then you go to New York. That very road heavy. You go into November, November road heavy. But look at this. Here are your road games in November. Orlando, Miami, Dallas, Cleveland, Cleveland again, Atlanta, San Antonio, Toronto. So... That's what, three, four, five, six, seven, eight road games in November. And then in October, you've got one, two, three, four, 12 road games in the first month plus of the season. Not only is this a gelling experience, 
uh, and a possibility for this team to kind of get together and bond a little earlier. But these are, this isn't exactly a murderer's row of teams that you're facing on the road. This is a chance to pump up that road record a little bit. The Knicks are going to be, you know, a tough team. They're, they're, they're good. So that'll be a tough game. Houston's a bad team. Charlotte's going to be, I don't know, decent, I guess. You know, who knows? A lot, there, there are a lot of question marks there, but they'll be okay. That'll be tough. Washington's an interesting team, but that, that's a winnable game. Orlando uh, is a winnable game. Miami is an interesting team with Kyle Lowry, but how, how are they going to have, are they going to have troubles kind of coming together right away? Who knows? Dallas will be tough. Cleveland twice there rebuilding. Atlanta is going to be a tough game in Atlanta, but the, the crowds don't show up in Atlanta at the beginning of the season. That's, that's not going to be a great like environment. I don't think And I'm really curious about what Atlanta is going to be this upcoming season. I'll talk about more, uh, about Atlanta more in, in future podcasts, but I'm, they had an amazing run. I don't want to take anything away from them. I am just curious about a couple of things when it comes to the Atlanta Hawks. Then San Antonio and Toronto, two winnable games there. So you're not just bonding potentially on the road, you're potentially winning on the road. That helps that bonding even more. So Cole, I got to give you credit, man. That's a good point here. That has There are strong, gelling vibes early in the season. I like that. Layton asks... Would you prefer Brad try and bring in another proven veteran scorer now or wait to see if one of the youngsters can fill that role? Layton, I am very pro finding out what this team is right now. As I talked about in my podcast yesterday with Chris Forsberg, this is now the evaluation portion of the season. There's a lot of evaluating going on here with the Celtics. And I, I think that one of the things that you need to evaluate is can Peyton Pritchard, can Aaron Neesmith, Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, can any of those guys push to be a, a big part of the rotation? If you go to Boston Sports Journal and look at my minutes breakdown, and, and Chris and I talked about this uh, a bit in yesterday's podcast, and a bunch of people were asking me questions, follow-ups in the, on the YouTube comments. The, the minutes are going to be eaten up up front by Tatum, Brown, Smart, Schroeder, and the, the the big wild card here is Josh Richardson. But they're, they're going to give Richardson a chance. Ime Odoka talked about Richardson on the radio uh, on Thursday. So they're going to give Richardson a chance. That That's five, one, two, five guys that are all going to demand a lot of minutes. Now, I understand that Peyton Pritchard got a big opportunity last year. A lot of that opportunity came with uh, Kemba Walker out. When Kemba Walker was in, a little less opportunity for Peyton, right? So it's not that I don't think Pritchard is good. It's that right now, I'm not sure where the minutes come from. The best I can do in my initial kind of breakdown is 14, 15 minutes that I can say, I, I can feel good that he he can be slotted in for 15 minutes, which is what? Uh, or you want to say 16 minutes? That's three four-minute stints off the bat. Four four-minute stints. <laughs> Sorry, I, I can do that basic multiplication. Four four-minute stints off the bench. Are you, are you going to do that 
Are you going to bring him in for two eight-minute stints, middle of the first quarter, bridging over into the middle of the second quarter? That that could work. I mean, that that could be Peyton Pritchard time. And hey, there's nothing wrong with that, right? You 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 bring him in with four minutes to go in the first quarter. He plays till the end. He plays for four minutes into the second quarter, and then the starter comes in. You know, Marcus Smart comes in and finishes it off. That's that's about right. And so I, I don't know how many minutes those guys are going to give, but I'd love to see them try to make that push. I'd like to see them try to earn those minutes. Can Aaron Neesmith earn more of those minutes as a scorer off the bench? Will he force Ime Udoka to say, all right, Josh, you're going to get, you're going down to 25 minutes because you got to find five more minutes for Neesmith because this guy is, he's just too, I, I got to play him. So, where do those minutes come from? Can those guys push? So the the need for a veteran scorer right now, sure, if we're looking in a very small kind of a vacuum of this season, you can say, yeah, the Celtics need another veteran scorer. They need a, a power forward who can score or something like that. Totally understand that. But this is an evaluation season. This is figuring out where do these guys, you know, where do they, these guys fit? How good is Tatum going to be? How good is Brown going to be? How how well can they play in Udoka's kind of you know Spursy ball sharing style? So I'd love to see the young guys try to fill that role for sure. And then I, I don't know. It depends on where the Celtics are at the trade deadline or where you know how how the team feels. They they stack up against the competition. Maybe you don't bring in that veteran scorer until the summer. So a lot there to to kind of unpack with adding help now or, or young guys. But for now, I'm I'm evaluating, and I don't think they need to add anything right now. And kind of throw this into uh, a question I did get on Twitter at Mister P Fort, who asked, "Is there a world in which Pritchard starts with Smart, the Jays, and Rob? Everyone is assuming Neesmith, uh, Richardson, or even Horford." Peyton can play off ball, create space and shoot uh, as a shooter while Smart runs point. He can guard the ball handler while Smart guards a wing. I, I do have a problem with Pritchard starting. I and I, I, I I'll say this: <laughs> I I don't want it to come off like I I don't like Peyton Pritchard. I do. I think he's he's a good player. He's a good basketball player and an NBA player. He's an NBA player. I think there's the Celtics need to find room for him somehow. But let's, you know, I, I do think we have to pump the brakes a little bit on, on the Pritchard hype, just like we were talking about yesterday with Chris Forsberg. Starting Pritchard, what does that give you? It gives you a really small backcourt. Now, Smart is about 6'4 or so, but Pritchard is is smaller than that. How, how do you guard, how do you, how do you put Pritchard on ball when a lot of the guys are going to be bigger than him? They can shoot over the top of him. I, I understand that Pritchard can shoot and, and, and space the floor, especially if he's hitting from 30-plus feet. Totally understand that. But on the other side, you've got to think about the net effect of him on the other side and what does that, what does that give you. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it'll work. But I, I really might – my inclination is that it's Richardson at the front of the line to start next to Smart. Then I would say Neesmith – uh, and then Pritchard, I do not want to start Horford at the four. I'm just 
not looking at double bigs this year. All right, gonna come back with more questions, including a question on, let's see, uh, Marcus Smart. <laughs> Marcus Smart is most improved player. We'll talk about that next. First, I gotta tell you about Bet Online. You know, football season is back, and lots of people love to bet on football. College, pro, that is huge, huge, huge for, for betting. And Bet Online is your number one spot for all your football action. You get updated odds, props, contests, the biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest, the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. It's all available right now at BetOnline. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 100% welcome bonus when you sign up today. 100%, whatever you deposit, 100 bucks, you get 100 bucks. That's the 100% welcome bonus with Locked On. so take advantage of that. If you want to use the promo code NFL100, and you get a free bet on the September 9th season opener between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to 25 bucks. But if you win, you win. So check it out. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. You even you have even got Vegas casino games at Bet Online. So head on over to Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. You have to make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On NBA podcast, not just because I host Locked On NBA on Wednesdays, but there's a great array of hosts all week long. On Fridays, Nick Angstead of Locked On Mavericks, Adam Marez of Locked On Nuggets, they power week, they power rank, (laughs) The week that was in the NBA. So make sure you're subscribed to Locked On NBA. I don't edit this stuff out. If I screw up, I screw up. I I could edit it out, but this is it's more fun to hear me screw up and have my mouth not work than to have me make it sound like absolutely perfect. You know, what the hell? I'm a human being. I screw up sometimes. It's fun. All right, let's get back to the questions in the Friday mailbag here. Brendan F. says... Will sound weird at first, but give it a second. Marcus Smart is a sneaky play for most improved player in the NBA. In the new point guard role, he could get up to seven or eight assists per game. Say he also raises his points per game to about 18 due to a lack of clear scoring options behind JT and JB and a result of an efficiency boost, say 45% from the field, 36, 37% from three. And if he gets back to his all defense self, he helps Boston be a top four team in the East. All right, let's give that a second. Let it sink in. Okay, Brendan. Not too weird. No, not too weird at all. I mean, there. The, but this is the ab- absolute best case scenario, right? Like, I'm a big Marcus Smart guy, and I think that he can be a. I, I've said it. I may say this in every podcast. I think Marcus Smart's a going to be a good starting point guard for the Celtics. I fully believe in Marcus Smart as the starting point guard for the Boston Celtics. This scenario is the best case scenario. 18 points per game, 36 or 37% from three, 45% overall from the field. Uh, That would be amazing. If Marcus Smart gets that, if Marcus Smart comes in, checks in with 18 points, seven or eight assists, and shoots 37% from three, then 
Brad Stevens gets the uh, Executive of the Year award for locking this guy up long term at money that's at the bottom third of the starting point guards in the NBA. Because Smart, with his normal defense at 18 points a game and 37% from three, is that would be remarkable. That said, I don't anticipate it being quite that. I, I can see it being 15 points, maybe 16. I think an uptick in his three-point shooting could be expected, but he's also down around 32, 33. So let's be a little more conservative. I'm looking at him at about 35 as if, if you get a, a couple of ticks up by if, if what I think is going to happen happens, him shifting a few more of his attempts from above the break to the, the corner where he, he can shoot fairly well, if that happens, then you get him up to about 35. That's about the ceiling. If he gets above 35, then wow, right? Then, then you have to start thinking about whether it's an aberration or not. But 35 is about where I'd go. But let's say 15 point something points per game up around eight assists or so, 35% three-point shooting, that is acceptable to me. That's acceptable as far as his offense because we know his bread and butter is on the defense. So will he be most improved? I don't think so, but hey, if you're, if you're taking odds and they give you you know 75 to one odds on Marcus Smart and you want to throw 10 bucks down on that, hey, why not? That, that, could, that could be... Could be a play because maybe sometimes, maybe Marcus Smart is due for a best case scenario. Uh, Dan A asks, I'm wondering what the future entails for Dennis Schroeder. Let's say he plays great and is having a similar season to his last year in OKC. Do you think the Celtics should trade him at the deadline or keep him for the playoffs if they trade him? What do you think the best possible return can be? Lastly, is any realistic way the Seas can bring him back? Let's start at the end there. The Celtics signed him. So they don't have full bird rights. There's a few different kinds of bird rights. There's non-bird, early bird, and full bird, okay? Which you hear not, it's complicated, the collective bargaining agreement. Every time I think I get a handle on it, I screw something up. I'm going to go back and read it again. But after one year, you have something called non-bird rights, which is a form of bird rights that allows you to pay a guy uh, basically 120% of his previous salary. Well, Schroeder is looking to get big money, double, you know, in, in, in the, you know, 10 to $15 million range. So double what he's making now, the Celtics can't compete with that. If, if he were to play in a way that people, Boston, the executives, Brad Stevens would be like, yeah, we, we got to bring him back. The most they could offer him is 120% of what he made last season, which I can't do that math right in, in my head, but it's just shy of $6 million. So it's not in that range, right? If, if he doesn't get another contract, he likes Boston and it works and he does sign that. Then after two years, you get early bird, which can get up to 175% of your prior contract. And then it's your third year you get full bird rights. So that's the only way the Celtics can, can bring him back. So I, I do have to assume that the future for Dennis Schroeder is that he goes somewhere else. 
So that being said, I, I do feel like the best case scenario for Boston is Shooter plays himself into a, a really good role here. Another team somewhere, a team out West, says we need a point guard, something. Maybe it's the Clippers, the, you know, a team that's like, oh God, we need somebody. The Nuggets, if Jamal Murray is not ready. And they offer something. Now, is it two second round picks? Is it a protected first round pick? One of those, you know, whatever, protected for two, three years, and then it converts to whatever. Uh, maybe, maybe it's a player. Maybe you can get a young player back. Maybe you can get a reclamation project back or, or a guy who's part of a numbers crunch. That, that would be, I think the best personally, I, I cold, you know, indifferent. I, I, I want to trade him. I want to trade him at the deadline. This gives now all of a sudden Peyton Pritchard gets like that bigger opportunity. Aaron Neesmith gets more of an opportunity. Things open up. And, and the Celtics get an asset for a guy that's going to walk. If you assume that Schroeder is just going to walk, then you say, all right, we're going to trade him. But the flip side of that is if the Celtics are playing well and everything's working and the Celtics are, are in that third, fourth seed mix and Schroeder's a big part of that, you say, how do you go to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and say, hey, this guy who's really important off, our, off of our bench, he's gone. You can say, but Peyton's going to get a bigger opportunity. Neesman's going to get a bigger, bigger opportunity. This is just the business, and, and this is how it's going to go. Then, but that, that's going to be a tough sell. That's going to be a tough sell to sell a guy that's important to winning. So a lot of this depends on what Schroeder's doing, how he's playing, how the Celtics are playing, and all of that. But my personal preference is play up your value, Go to a team out West. I know that it's an expiring contract, but if there's a competition and he's available and that team thinks Schroeder's the missing piece for a championship, then you pay a little bit for a rental. I don't expect you know, multiple first-round picks for the guy, but you could get an, an acceptable return for him at the deadline that, that helps the team. And remember, second-round picks, aren't, they're not nothing. You can use those to facilitate, facilitate sign-in trades. You can use those to dump salary. You can use those draft and stash, Yamadar type of guy, Yuhan Begarin, uh, Begaron. Uh, those guys are second round picks that who knows could be useful guys. So if you turn around and get two seconds for shooter, it's, it's not, it's not a horrible return. All right. When are the Celtics going to win their next championship? I'm answering that question definitively. Not definitively. Next on the Lockdown Celtics podcast, after I tell you about rockauto.com, which is the only place you need to go if you need anything for your car or truck or motorcycle, uh, RV, camper, whatever it is. If you need something, no matter how complicated it is, no matter how simple it is, save yourself the time, save yourself the hassle, save yourself the worry about whether you're getting the best deal, and just go to rockauto.com because those chain stores only have so much shelf space. They only have so much that they can give you. You're just going to take what they get, whereas Rock Auto can give you a much wider selection, and you can save a bunch of money. I've talked to plenty of people who have used it. They've saved hundreds of dollars. It's come in and just saved them a ton when they were in a tough spot with their cars. So check it out. 
They're a family business. They've been doing this for over 20 years. Their prices are the same for do-it-yourselfers, for pros, for whomever. Just, just go and check it out and uh, let me know. Let them know by writing Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box whenever you do buy something. I feel like you're going to buy something if you go and you need something for your car. Again, something in the engine, floor mat, wipers, it's all there. So when you buy something, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That's how they know we sent you an amazing selection there. Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Hey, check out Built.com for Built Bars, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Hey, look at this. 10% off site-wide right now. I didn't know this was going on. I just went to Built.com. Raspberry cheesecake is a new flavor that they had. There was no raspberry cheesecake yesterday. These are the best tasting protein bars in raspberry cheesecake, 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, four grams of sugar. So this is a delicious and good for you snack, meal replacement, uh, workout enhancer. You know, that protein, you get that protein in your body after a workout helps you feed those muscles after a lift. The, the calories don't wipe out your cardio and you know you're getting a, a good mix here. When you go to built.com, you can just scroll over the different flavors and it tells you, there's nothing to hide here. It tells you calories, protein, sugar. If you've got a nut allergy, there are options for you here. Plenty of delicious options for you. Are you on the keto diet? These work, they're approved for the keto diet. So go to built.com right now, check out raspberry cheesecake. Let me know how raspberry cheesecake is. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Uh, you're getting 10% off site-wide. You're also getting 15% off with the promo code LOCKED15. So you can use that promo code every single time. If you want to just try raspberry cheesecake or if you want to get an assorted box, get all nine regular flavors, two bars each, and then figure out which ones you like and come back and order more. LOCKED15 works every time at Built.com. Be sure to follow our social channels at LOCeltics on Twitter and at LockedOnCeltics on Instagram. Back to the mailbag, Carlos L. asks, uh, what are your thoughts on Steven signing these extensions in the hopes that they're used in a sign-and-trade for Beal, either by the deadline or the following offseason? So I'm sure that's possible that one of the, the side effects of these extensions is they are still tradable and they can easily be packaged in a deal for Bradley Beal or another third star. If another one comes available, there's always a surprise every season. So yeah, if, if Robert Williams becomes the apple of somebody's eye and they, they want him in a deal for their star, then yeah, he's tradable. Marcus Smart is tradable. Josh Richardson is tradable. Those guys all got their extensions it's all possible. Do I think that those were the motivations? No. I think that Brad Stevens, when you sign a contract like that, you have to be willing to keep that player for the duration of that contract. And I think Brad Stevens really does want to keep Smart and Williams for the duration of that contract. But if something comes up along the way and they have to be included in a trade, well, that's the business of the NBA. So, I think first and foremost, it's we sign these guys to keep them, but who knows what's going to happen 
moving forward. Now, Rita S. asks, instead of Beal, I feel the Celtics need a tall stretch for. Someone like Bobby Portis makes more sense than giving up so much for another all-star guard. It didn't work to pay Kyrie or Kemba. How about focusing on a tall 6'10", physical power forward instead? So this falls into the do the Celtics go the three-star route or the two-star route. And uh, Keith Smith and I uh, last week did a two-part podcast uh, on exactly that. So if you really want to see us get deep into this answer, go watch. And I know Rita has probably listened to that and, and is aware, but if you haven't, uh, if, if any of you haven't, then check that out last week. Now, the answer here depends on how Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are playing. If Tatum is playing at a first team, all NBA level, Jalen Brown is playing at a third team, all NBA possibility, you know, uh, two no brainer, all stars, then I can see this. I can see finding going out and finding a six ten type of power forward. That is a, you know, stretch four that can play that role can, can come in and be a starter and accentuate those guys. And this, this, this kind of plays into the Angelo R question here that says if the Celtics end up dominating the first half of the season, who would you want them to use the new Fournier TPE on? It seems like you, we could get a stud with that kind of exception. So if there is a, a stretch four out there that is making $17 million or less, then sure, I, I, can, I can see the Celtics going out there and, and trying to make a move for that guy. If the Celtics are dominating the, the first half of the season, if – Maybe Brooklyn has fallen off a little bit. Injury. Milwaukee has the championship hangover. Boston is making a run through the first half of the season. That December schedule, they, they, they pile up some wins uh, heading into the December schedule. They come out of December looking okay. Really, that December schedule is going to be kind of pivotal for a lot of this because December, in the middle of December, the, the trade moratoriums start to end for guys who were signed over the summer. If the Celtics come out are coming out of December in a good position, then maybe you see them use it during the season. I think, again, going back to this is an evaluation season, you see how Tatum and Brown are playing and figure out, are you going the two or three star route? So maybe I don't use it at the trade deadline. Maybe I focus somewhere on, in, over the summer. So, but... I completely understand Rita asking and, and, and focusing on this position because the Celtics don't have a true power forward. They have Tatum who can play that. They have Jalen Brown who can play that. Depending on who the matchup is, Jalen can certainly handle a stronger power forward. Tatum can handle a longer power forward. So the Celtics can do that. The power forward position now is not what the power, power forward position was when I was growing up when your power forward was Kevin McHale. You know, your power forwards were basically centers who were two inches shorter than your starting center, right? The power forward was also a back-to-the-basket guy, and, and maybe he could shoot from eight feet out. This is, this is a different power forward. These power forwards are basically tall wings. And so 
I'm not as worried about the lack of power forwards necessarily because the Celtics do have tall wings that they can throw out there, or at least one. But at the same time, you also don't want to tax Jason Tatum by, you know, you, you got to score 30 points. We're talking about him as an MVP candidate. And also you got to be, you know, one of our best defensive players. You want him to be that, but you also want to take some of the, the burden off of him if you can find somebody who can defend the bigger power forwards, let them do that. So uh, if, if I'm focusing that Fournier TPE on anybody, if it's not part of a, a bigger deal, I, I think a, if they can find a power forward, a stretch four out there, then go for it. Specific names, I'm not going to go on, into specific names right now because let's, let's let the season play out and see who might become available. I I. I side note, I just hate just saying, oh, I'm going to go for this guy. And we keep talking about guys who are not available. It's bad enough we talk about Bradley Beal as much as we do. I'll just leave it at that. Oh, boy. Mo- Moises Alain Cruz Bustamante. I hope I got that right. I tried to add a little flair, get some of the accent right, pronounce it correct. But he and Peter Tomzia ask similar questions. We're going to end the podcast on this. Moises asks, how many years until we win the championship again? Do you think we can three-peat with the Jays? And Peter asks, are we winning the championship in the 22-23 season? By this, uh, I want to ask you what the future holds for the Jays. Let's assume we don't win the chip in 22-23 or the following season. When are we rebooting this whole thing if it does not pan out? How much time do we realistically have? So how many years until the Celtics win the championship again? Next year, this upcoming season, not likely. Following season, that's going to be a great question because so much of what happens that following season depends on what happens this season as far as trades, signings, who really adapts to their roles. I'm sitting here advocating for Marcus Smart, but again, as I said yesterday, a lot of that's theoretical. Right, I believe my theory, my belief is that Marcus Smart can do this. I strongly believe this, but a lot of people strongly believe a lot of things. And you know, you, you got scientists who strongly believe certain things too, and then you put it into actual practice and things fail, and you go, oh, well, that didn't work the way I thought it would. So I fully acknowledge that in all of my I believe Marcus Smart can do this, there is an entirely, it's entirely possible that I'm way off on that. It's entirely possible that I'd be wrong about Marcus Smart. And so we need this season to show us, okay, all right, what's Marcus Smart really? We need this season to show us what Robert Williams is really, or closer to what Robert Williams is. We need this season to show us what Jason Tatum is really. And he's only 23, so we still have two, three years to really get that full answer. Same thing with Jalen Brown. Same thing with Ime Odoka. Same thing with a lot of these guys. So when are the Celtics winning the next championship? It could be 22-23. Could be. Could be the next year. Could be the year after that. Are they going to three-peat with the Jays? I doubt it. Mostly because nobody three-peats anymore. And the rules are made to break up teams. So... How much longer do the Celtics have? Well, if the team is winning and competing for a championship, then Jalen Brown's uh, ex- 
contract is up. This is year two coming up. So you've got two more years after this year. And you have to figure out with Jalen Brown, what's, where are we going here? I sit here and, and listen to Ime Odoka call these guys the pillars of the team. And they are right now. Two years from now, how true is that? And this is, it's hard to say what happens in the future. Because sitting here on August 27th, 2021, I can give my take. And then August 27th, 2022 rolls around and I'm singing a completely different tune. I could be saying trade Marcus Smart next year. I could be saying trade Jason Tatum next year. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I don't think so, but who knows? Udoka could be the next coming of Red Arback. He could be a disaster. Brad Stevens could end up being a disaster because we've seen him do some stuff here in the offseason, which I think was a great, um, a, a really good offseason. We haven't seen him do anything in season yet. We haven't seen the pressure of the trade deadline. What's he doing when the, when the real pressure is on at the deadline? So too many variables for me to say when the Celtics win a championship and when they don't. No one expected the Phoenix Suns to be in the, in the finals last season, but there they were with a chance to win. They did have a chance to win. Now they didn't, but they had a chance. And then the entire trajectory of the Suns changed. So who knows? Who knows? Uh, I don't expect it to be this upcoming season, but also there. Who knows? Because if Brooklyn goes through injuries, if Milwaukee goes through an injury, those happen. Crazy things happen during the season. Who knows? Celtics could. The Celtics winning a championship this season would be surprising, but would it be the most shocking thing in the world? They're a good basketball team. They would need some help. They would need some breaks. They would need a a best-case scenario from a few players. But there's a universe where that's possible. So that's the beauty of sports. Just got to watch and see. And I will be here podcasting about it along the whole way. Thank you all for the questions. Again, johncorrales.com slash mailbag is where to go to ask the questions now. No need to tweet at me. No need to DM me on Instagram. No need to go searching around and say, ah, I, I can't figure out how to get this question to you. johncorrales.com slash mailbag. Send in your questions and I will answer them. Either I sprinkle them in throughout the week or I answer, I do a mailbag, a full mailbag episode. So whenever you want to send a question in, do it that way. I will keep them all in a nice little spot. And this way it's all in one place. And I don't have to go looking for things or forget things or realize like, oh, wait, someone DM'd me as I'm editing the podcast. So johncorrales.com slash mailbag. Please subscribe to this podcast if you have not as yet. If you want to give it a five-star rating wherever ratings are available, please do that. That's a, a big deal. A good written review if you have an opportunity to do that would be amazing. iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called now. That would be fantastic. And subscribe to the YouTube page. Comment below. That would be awesome. I try to get to as many comments as I can. And share the podcast. Tell your friends that they should be listening to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.